Hello and welcome to Menopause Unplugged Podcast Season 2 with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. So guys, we are now in Season 2 and things are looking a little bit different this season. So basically, um, up until now, we have been interviewing lots of lovely ladies about their menopausal journey and their experience, uh, what challenges they've faced, where they are now, mentally, physically, and it's been lovely. However, that does obviously rely on ladies coming forward to be interviewed. So going forward now, I'm going to be sharing my knowledge, my expertise as a personal trainer and menopause support coach to really assist you and help you along your way. So let's get straight into it and I want to discuss today weight loss and the menopause. So let's do a little bit of myth busting to begin with. So just because you are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, it does, yes it does make weight loss a little bit more difficult. However, the fat loss principles are still the same as if you were pre-menopausal. Um, so what I mean by that is you still need to be in a calorie deficit, which simply means eating less than you consume in order to lose body fat. And you also need to look at what the quality of what you're eating is and the frequency of when you're eating. So let's unpack that a little bit. So in normal terms, when you want to lose weight, you would first of all address your diet. Are you eating three times a day at least? And then, you know, maybe have a snack or so in between. Because in my experience, what I've seen with clients um, is that you're going a really long time between eating meals. So the effect of that is that Say, for instance, you've not had breakfast and then you come to lunch and you think, I'll just have something light. So say maybe you have a ham sandwich and a small tub of soup. By then you don't have a snack either in between. And then by dinner time, you are so ravenous and so hungry and you're dealing with all the stresses of your day that you then binge on things like crisps and chocolate and anything convenient that you can get your hands on quickly just to kind of take that edge off or it might be that you think I haven't got anything prepared for dinner I can't wait 20 minutes half an hour to cook something I'm just going to jump to the takeaway and order something in and then before you know it you've stuffed your face uh, quite right so because you've not eaten all day and then you sit on the sofa watching tv winding down from your day and you beat yourself up about it you think oh i didn't make the best choices i wasn't organized and then we basically start the cycle again and then you come to coaches like myself and say i've hardly eaten it i don't hardly eat much um, and i don't see why i can't lose weight well 
the reason being is your body needs to be working at an optimal level in order to then release fat from the body. So if the body's thinking, I don't know when I'm going to next get food, um, I don't know when I'm going to next get nutritious food um, either, then it's not going to release body fat. It, it, it really is in survival mode. It's like, I'll take what I can get and I'll store the rest for later in case I don't get anything else again for a while. So initially, the first thing you need to address is eating regularly. So tips are a high protein breakfast. Not only do you get your protein in early in the day, which helps with your overall protein goal, you stay fuller for longer and it really ties you over until lunchtime. And it basically, um, it starts off your your repair and your muscle um, repairing, sorry, building and maintaining your muscle mass, shall I say. Um, so protein, protein is very, very important, not just in menopause, but overall um, for us. So then lunchtime. Lunchtime comes, you, again, you need to have some sort of protein in there. If you want something light, you can certainly. Um, don't banish carbs. I know a lot of people turn their nose up at a sandwich and think, oh no, I can't eat that, it's bad. No, two bits of bread is not going to kill any sort of fat loss goal, okay? Um, just make sure whatever you're filling it in is, is high protein. So it could be that you're having... Um, a tuna mayo sandwich um, with uh, some, a salad uh, inside it or on the side and afterwards maybe you're having some yogurt um, preferably not a flavoured yogurt, a plain yogurt, a Greek yogurt that's also high in protein would, um, would be best and then maybe uh, some sort of snack between lunch and dinner and that will just tide you over, you know, get you over that afternoon slump when you're really at that point looking at having another cup of tea or a cup of coffee with something sweet. If you can replace that with, um, say, even some fruit and uh, still have your coffee, then great. And then that should then hopefully tide you over until dinner time. And with dinner, guys, Preparing in advance, batch cooking, freezing stuff, it all works really, really well. I mean, we're in slow cooker season um, now and I know loads of people have um, a slow cooker or they have air fryers and you can really prepare a lot of stuff in advance um, and pop it in the fridge and it does keep for three, four days. That's what I like to do on a Sunday. I like to make a few things beginning of the week and um, pop them all in glass um, sort of Tupperware um, and or storage containers and then pop them in the fridge and then I've got something um, especially when I'm running around between two little ones and yeah obviously doing my wee bits of bobs of work in between. So The quality then of what you're eating is really important. It's not just a calorie as a calorie. Um, it needs to be 
um, nutritious, I always um, state that you should really go with a 80-20 rule. I'm not saying cut out sweets and chocolate and, you know, crisps and all of these lovely things completely. I think it, it all has its place. However, if fat loss is your goal, then it's something certainly not to be having every day. And um, a lot of your food should then become from from whole sources, so as unprocessed as possible. So, you know, when we talk about protein sources, um, meat, fish, dairy, um, if you're obviously vegetarian or vegan, then your your choices are a little bit more limited. But then you've still got things like tofu, um, you've got corn, you've got um you've got um beans and pulses as well things like your chickpeas and so on really high in protein um and filling as well so another another little tip there um and then you're like carb sources so things like um sweet potato rice um couscous um there's a whole whole range of things, um, bread of course being another, um, and then obviously as well you've got then space for either a side salad or your greens. I recommend filling half of your plate, um, with either, um, and that way because they're low, it's low calorie number one, number two it's filling. So you're going to um be eating feeling like you're eating a good amount of food without it being really high calorie just by filling half of your plate with veggies or salad so that's a great little tip but one thing i will say is watch what you're putting on top in terms of dressings oils and so on because they can be quite calorific so we've addressed what you need to do for weight loss um, in general then you've obviously got if you're perimenopausal or postmenopausal where that comes into the into the play so really what you're dealing with more than anybody else is all of your menopausal symptoms so you're dealing with brain fog achy joints not sleeping well all of these things so what we need to do is address those symptoms to try and make them better and then follow the normal weight loss principles. So what what can you do to control your symptoms? Well, there's a few things. First of all, by addressing your diet and eating a diet rich in whole grains, um, whole foods as less processed as possible, is going to ease your symptoms. You're, there's going to be less inflammation in the body, and um, your body is going to basically basically be able to take all of those good nutrients, all those vitamins and minerals, and basically help your symptoms. Um, it may ease them. It may make them disappear completely. Of course, we've also got hormone replacement therapy because, as we know, when you go through menopause your hormones uh, estrogen progesterone testosterone are all decreasing um so your levels are all out of whack and that's what causes the symptoms so 
I know not everyone can take hormone replacement therapy because of many different reasons. It could be that you've got an underlying health condition. It could be um, risk factors in your family. Whatever your doctor has uh, said the reasons why. Um, But for those of you who are okay to take it, I would recommend that you do because um, nothing, no amount of diet change and other lifestyle changes is going to replace your hormones uh, like hormone replacement therapy, which is what you need to do. So I would recommend that you get on that as quickly as you can. Um, because it is a very much a trial and error situation. So um, it may take you a couple of months to find your sweet spot in terms of dosage and preparation style. So, um, you know, um, because if estrogen absorption rate is different on every person, you know, you might be, you might be better off having a, a gel, say, instead of um, a tablet or a spray um for instance so hormone replacement therapy is the next the other thing um and then on top of that you really need to address um your hydration levels so aiming between two liters and three liters of water a day this is one everybody that nobody really um thinks about i've seen many uh post in community groups menopausal community groups where women are saying I've done I've done this I've changed that I'm doing this much exercise I'm eating well and most of the time they're not mentioning what their water intake is and water guys is so so important our bodies are mostly made up of it um we're mostly dehydrated most of us have caffeine before we've even had any water first thing in the morning which dehydrates us even more and again it goes back to our body work our bodies need to work optimally in order to lose fat so you really need to be up in the water levels and by, by doing that you also find that you're not snacking as much or you won't be as hungry because a lot of the time we mistake our um, hunger pangs for just being thirsty so a lot of us don't really know what it's like uh, what, what those feelings are to be thirsty because we're not drinking enough water so we're not regulating our system as for when you up your water intake um, the fact that you will be needing to use the bathroom more and things like that and I know that can be off-putting for some ladies but however if you start earlier in the day, it makes things a lot easier to first of all get the water in and the frequent having to run to the bathroom every half an hour or whatever is temporary. Your body will adjust um, to the new uh, water levels that are coming into your body. So it's just temporary guys until until things stabilise. Okay, So we've addressed your diet. We've addressed um, hydration and also how to basically um, sort out your symptoms. Okay, so the last piece of the puzzle is exercise, movement. 
I don't like to just say exercise because exercise people think oh I'm gonna have to you know spend hours in the gym or you know that's the first thing that comes to mind and that's certainly not the case it could be um it could be walking um I know many people own a dog it's maybe taking the dog out for that little bit of a longer walk and getting your steps in um I myself am a salsa dancer um I I used to do well pre-babies I I was dancing four or five nights a week um um, freestyle salsa dancing so going to salsa clubs and things like that and it was a fantastic form of exercise I was burning calories right left and center and yes I had a body to be very proud of (laughs) um alongside that of course I was in doing resistance training I have been since uh, my sort of early 20s um, or even slightly before that actually um, so I've been lifting weights regularly um, which is the best form of exercise for menopausal women because it's not only strengthening your muscles it's strengthening your bones reducing that risk of osteoporosis um, you know our muscle mass decreases as we get older that it all helps um so yeah exercise is really important and I think with many of us working from home or having sort of desk jobs our movement is really minimal we, it's something that we have to think about actively think about I need to move my body today um if you're like me and you wear Fitbits or Apple watches or whatever it may be um it, it's a really good reminder that of how much movement have you done um i know you can set reminders on these things to like remind you to move um you can also set up reminders though um on your phone um a lot there's lots of apps these days as well um to remind you to move your body that's a little hack um but i think mostly people the excuse that people have is i don't have time to exercise now there are so so many 15 minute exercise videos um, available on youtube from a coach um on apps there's there is so much out there that it doesn't have to be 45 minutes or an hour and um, you can do short bursts of exercise which has been proven to um burn calories get your heart rate up and that's the reason why you know things like uh, fat burn extreme all these sort of programs came about because it's all like high intense high intensity interval training like hit training and so moving your butt like putting your body under pressure for a short amount of time um, and then having minimal rest and then doing another burst of exercise um, it really works and like I said it takes no time at all if of course on the days that you do have extra time then certainly going into the gym or at home working out at home with a plan and I can't stress enough have a plan otherwise you're dilly-dallying and you you're probably not getting the most out of that time 
you've got to exercise if you don't have a plan or something to follow at least. So that's my tips basically. Um, all of those elements combined will create successful fat loss results for you. Um, it's always best to have a goal to work towards. So with me, I like, I personally like a six week goal because any longer than that and then you start, the motivation starts to dwindle. Um, I think six weeks is a really good time frame to develop healthy habits and really, you know, get that momentum going. Um, anyone that I've worked with for six weeks has then uh, been educated and equipped enough to go on and basically keep doing what I've taught them to do. Um, you know, carrying on those healthy habits, exercising, eating well, hydrating themselves, and that's really it, guys. It's it's there's really no magic, you know, pill potion that you know, no major secret behind fat loss. Um, it's just that fat loss in uh, perimenopause or postmenopause is that little bit harder because you've got a little bit more obstacles in the way in terms of symptoms. Um, and yeah, as we get older, unfortunately, we, we tend to move a lot less. Um, we just become a little bit more sedentary and uh, we can't eat the same way that we used to eat when we were much younger. I already feel that and I'm 35. Um, never mind 10 years from now plus. Um, I can't eat the way that I used to eat um, before. So pay attention to portion control and yeah, it's not all about tracking. I don't want you to think, oh, I'm going to have to track every single calorie that I'm eating. Just be more aware of what you're eating, um, more so. I mean, I think if you can nail the fundamentals to begin with, as in having your three meals a day, having uh, enough water in your diet, moving your body three to four times a week in some sort of fashion, um, you know, just building in these healthy habits. And of course, sleep, sleeping well. We want you to be sleeping well because that's when our bodies repair and our, our bodies are built um, from a cellular level as well. So sleep is so, so important for fat loss. So anything that you can do around bedtime routine, so things like... Um, limiting how much screen time you have right before bed how you wind down for bed you know are you literally moving from the sofa watching netflix to your bed and then lying there thinking about all the things that you've got to do tomorrow and um you know your mind starts wandering or are you lying there scrolling on your phone on instagram or facebook stop doing that that the most the best thing that you can do is switch the TV off at least half an hour before bed. Um, sit and you know read a book or journal. You could write down all of the things that you've got to do. Make a list so that you're removing it from your brain and putting it on paper. Um, 
if your mind's just racing, just write down your thoughts. Write down what it is that's bothering you. Um, you don't have to have a solution, but just brain dump it all down on paper. It'll make you feel better. Um, things like, um, you know, play on all your senses. Is it, you know, smell, for instance, you could be using a lavender-based pillow spray. Um, I know I've used one from... I think it's This Works, it's a, a white bottle and it's um, got a lavender scent, um, it's a pillow spray and I absolutely love that, it really does send me to sleep. Um, there's candles, nighttime candles that you can burn, um, of course soy based candles are probably the better ones for that rather than just a, the traditional uh, normal candle, um, it could be a relaxing bath. Anything at all that helps you unwind. Um, it could be some sort of meditation. It could be a stretching routine. Um, a wee 15 minute stretching routine would, would also help relax you and bring you down to that state. Um, dim lighting. You know, you might want to put a, a side light on or a dimmer light um, in your bedroom rather than having the big main light on. These sorts of things that all help you sleep. A lot of the time, people have irregular bedtimes, and I understand that that's unavoidable if you are a shift worker. Um, but most people can go to sleep around the same time every night. So, for instance, if it's, you know, the goal is to be in bed, lights off for 10 o'clock, try and start your nighttime routine an hour before and uh, really start that wind down process from 9pm and then um, ensure that between 10 and waking up time, whatever that may be, um, just getting up and ready for work and the day ahead, that you've had at least seven to eight hours sleep and hopefully an uninterrupted sleep. Um, but yeah, I think increasing your hydration levels and doing all of these, moving your body, it all helps contribute to sleep. So I think you can start to see that this is one big circle. Um, everything's interconnected. It all plays into your well-being and you working at your optimal um, best. And yeah, it's all important. And if we want to you know, remove the excess body weight and um, body fat um, and feel better about ourselves, then, then these are the things that we need to address first of all. And then of course we can refine it as time goes on, tracking our, um, tracking our nutrition and um, having more set goals in place in terms of our exercise. So I hope that's been really helpful and I hope you've enjoyed episode one of season two. If you are on Spotify, make sure that you are hitting that follow button or subscribe, depending on where you are um, listening to me from or watching me from in that sense, because this is also going to be on the menopause, um, sorry, menopause coaching YouTube channel. So um, yes, guys, you won't only just be notified of the next, next episode. Um, 
but you'll also have obviously the list of previous episodes as well that you'll be able to listen to on demand. Thank you so so much for tuning in and hopefully I'll be back with a fresh new episode next Friday.